0: Welcome back to empower on this week's episode, we are joined again by CEO Judson Robinson to discuss the disproportionate impact of the coronavirus on the black community, some of our civic priorities that are tied to it and solutions as we look to move forward.
1: Empower is a podcast presented by the Houston Area Urban League that serves to inform young professionals about the Urban League, its programs and the various civic and social topics pertinent to the community they serve. This is your host, Ray Shackleford.
0: This is a podcast for the community, hosted by one of the premier community organizations or presented by one of the premier uh, community organizations in the Houston area, Urban League. We are joined again this week by president and CEO, Mr. Judson Robinson III. Mr. Robinson, how are you doing today? I'm
1: doing great, Ray. How are you? I'm doing
0: well. Continuing to uh, do the best that I can to the circumstances like many people
1: yeah yeah these are unusual uh crazy times and and uh i just hope that everybody's you know being as safe as possible uh that they're being uh, thoughtful in in all their actions and that we are really making sure that we're keeping each other uh informed uh, about what's going on how to how to address it uh and making sure that we're sharing quality information so you know, this podcast uh, is just one of the many ways that the Urban League continues to try to evolve to make sure that we're, we're providing good services to people, uh, especially people of color. Uh, and and as we know, you know, the pandemic uh, has touched our community in unique ways, and uh, us trying to push back against some of the statistics uh, that we've seen is, is, an, is, a, is an obligation uh, that I think we as an organization ought to. Or to man up and, and work towards trying to uh, address. So it, it's this is an important time to have you know discussions like these.
0: Yes, and you know today uh, we wanted to make sure that we address a lot of what's going on with the coronavirus, with COVID-19, specific to the Black community within the Houston community. Uh, even looking at some of what's happened from a national perspective, because as we've discussed it has taken a, you know, drastic turn from initially, uh, people thought that, well, you know, people were joking about, you know, black people couldn't catch the coronavirus, Uh, the melanin in our skin made us immune to now we are seeing that our communities are being ravaged uh, at several different levels. And the saying that continues to, you know, uh, I continue to hear and I've heard it before, catches a cold black America catches the flu. And, you know, for me, I'm just curious where
1: that statement that saying came from, but it seems to definitely hold true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I've heard it all of my all of my life. Um, you know, our, our parents, grandparents have always um, been in these situations where, you know, when when white America has an issue, Uh, It's it's magnified uh, in the black community because we don't have as much margin to go before we you know fall off that cliff. So you know a small business to us uh, might be a sole proprietor and and maybe two or three people that that work for you, and even that's a a step uh, to get to the two two or three people. Um, You know savings for us in our savings account. Might mean I've got, you know, uh, I've got groceries for next week and maybe the next week thereafter. It might mean that I've got, you know, rent squared away for the next uh, month. Uh, that's different uh, in many uh, cases for uh, our, our Anglo brethren. I mean, you know, small business for them might mean I've got a company of ten people, or fifty people, or one hundred people, uh, and I can only survive for. You know, six months in the event of reduced sales or, you know, some other reason why the, you know, the economy doesn't allow me to perpetuate in the ways in which I'm typically uh, doing business. So, you know, the, again, when, when America uh, catches a cold, uh, white America does, African Americans have it far, far worse. And that's why we say we, we got the flu. And in this case, you know, we've got the coronavirus flu, and that's that's um, it's devastating uh, in our community. If you look at places like Chicago, where 70% of the people that are passing as a result of, of, the, of the coronavirus happen to be black, and then you have to take a step back and understand, well, why is why that the case? You know, uh, poverty plays a big role uh, in, in many of our situations, and so. You know, poverty means there's lots of people living in close quarters. Uh, poverty means that uh, you're working the kind of job where there's a lot of hand-to-hand contact. Uh, poverty means you, you can't uh, you know, work from home necessarily. You don't have that kind of job. Uh, so you know, when, you, when you're putting yourself at risk, uh, then you create a whole new set of circumstances uh, that is unique to your population of people. So, you know, poverty is tied to everything that created uh, the situation. You know, uh, poor schools, uh, inadequate housing, uh, unfair uh, job opportunities, um, you know, poor health care and poor health care choices or lack of choices. So, all these things create almost a perfect storm for it to be a, a, a logical assumption that, of course, uh, black people or died at higher rates uh, than anybody else. Uh, again, we have very little margin for this type of error. Uh, so therefore, when, when something gets already added to, uh, uh, pot this on, uh, about to boil, and you turn up the temperature just of one or two degrees more, you know, you're over the tipping point. And so that's again, where we've got to make sure that we're getting good information out to people so that they can be in a position to protect themselves uh, and their, and their communities.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I think that, you know, as I'm listening to you talk through where you got it from, like you said, you heard it from your parents. I'm pretty sure I've heard it from my parents uh, and other leaders in the community like yourself. It, to me, puts on display that there are, you know, and we, I think most people, when well, I shouldn't say most people, some people acknowledge the fact that there is systemic racism in this country. Um, and with that, Coronavirus is just peeling back the layers and it's showing the symptoms of some of the core issues that we've known have been prevalent within our community but never have truly been addressed. And so you touched on, you know, the housing component, you know, how close and proximity people are living. You touched on the types of jobs. Uh, When you look at where we need to go and some of the things that, the Urban League provides because you have people that are working in grocery stores and retail where they have to continually interact with people. And, you know, for those individuals, either A, they don't have the ability to work from home, or B, they have to continue to go to work and put themselves at risk. And so you see there's a greater need to upskill and do different types of work to where Uh, they are put in a better position to where when something like this does happen or when there are challenges, they have the ability to shift and better position to do so. Uh, And even when you talk about wealth development, not having home ownership because it's easier to self quarantine when you own your own home versus when you live in a apartment complex that may be very densely populated and you don't have the ability to be very spaced out. I know Yesterday, I was driving uh, here in Third Ward by CUNY Homes. And, you know, that's basically one of our projects. So the housing projects, so to speak, here within the Houston community. And people are very, you know, closely uh, interacting with one another because of how densely populated it is. And they don't have the ability to really spread out uh, to the same degree when they're, you know, just trying to walk outside. And I think maintain some level of sanity. Uh, And so when you you look at those things and what the Urban League is trying to do, like you said, getting good information with this podcast and Operation Safe 2.0, I wanted people to hear about that initiative and what we're trying to do to kind of address some of these things.
1: Well, the the Operation Safe Houston uh, 2 is, uh, once again, the response from the Urban League to make sure that we are trying to protect our own uh, during hurricane uh, Harvey uh, tropical storm Allison all the other Katrina all of the other uh, things that have happened to our to our people uh, we try to make sure that we are first of all reaching out to those folks that are already in our database folks that we know uh, have housing issues they have job issues they have uh, food security issues a whole bit and trying to make sure that we're reaching out to them uh, so that they know where to get the food, where to get the housing, where to get the job again. How do I, you know, who's hiring? Who's providing uh, tarps for homes when, when the roof gets blown over? Uh, who's making sure that, you know, if you need food, who's providing, who's actually bringing the food to your home versus you have to waiting in a line? Uh, you know, so making sure again that the information is flowing and making sure that we have qualified persons that can d- d- direct you to places where uh, you need to get the services that you need. Make sure we're there to answer the phone, you know? Uh, right now, most of the things are online. Well, a lot of our people don't even uh, use online services. So I've got to make sure my employees are there to, to, to take your call and to direct you to where services uh, can be found. So that's, that's part of Operation uh, Safe Houston too. Is being there for our community, and again, making sure that we're getting, you know, good information out to people. You know, the I think the biggest thing that we're trying to help folks understand right now is is testing. Um, you know, making sure that I think the last week or so we talked about the census and why that's important. You know, because we want to make sure that you've got, you know, adequate uh, housing. We want to make sure that you've got good roads and schools and you know, uh, SNAP and TANF and all those services that depend on where you are. Uh, So we're trying to find out where you are, how many folks live in that area, and then make sure that you have the services. One of the big things we've had with testing is not getting the test to where people are, people that need the the test, uh, making sure that, you know, they can get to where it is. If you put it out at a a football stadium uh, that, uh, you know, there's not a bus line to get to, uh, that football stadium, uh, then I might not be able to get there because you're assuming I have transportation. I might not have transportation, right? So, you know, it's important that we know where people are. We can make the counts. We can then uh, decide where services need to be because if we did the test at your local library because the census say we needed a library in this neighborhood or we did that at a health facility because the census showed that we needed health facilities in that area, then you could go get your test. And when you get your test, you now know whether or not you're safe at that given time. If you're safe at that given time, then maybe you can go back to work. If you're safe at that time, maybe the people in your household are likely to be safe as well. Uh, If you're safe right now, we're now in a position to go out and be a part of helping with the solution as opposed to being a part of the problem. If you're not safe, if you come back with a negative test, then we need to find out who else have you been associating with? Because there's a likelihood that they too may be in a bad situation. And that means that each of those persons that they've been associating with, uh, have now we've got to look at who they've been associating with. So it it spreads much like the pandemic because we've identified a person who's got a relationship with other people. And once we identify those other people, are infected or not, we then know how to uh, proceed with them. They either need to isolate, uh, or you know, they're 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 not uh, needed to isolate. And if they're if they're isolated, then they're not further spreading the problem around. So you know, finding I think if you were really to talk about you know what's a great job opportunity right now, I think if you had people who were Doing the tracing. So in other words, if you or I test positive, then someone needs to interview me and find out where have I been, who I've been in contact with, you know, uh, where was I uh, the day before and, and, and a week ago, right? Uh, so then that individual would actually be tracking those people down to do, you know, the interview, to do the, to do the test, you know, recommend that they go do a test. And then we were able to determine, you know, again, uh, if if the spread is is being uh, if it's spreading or if we can control it through, through isolation. So that that right there, you know, if you talk about uh, individuals needed to, to go to work today, uh, that could be something that that uh, uh, you know people could do. You you call someone on the telephone, okay? You you got the positive uh, test. Uh, tell me who you've spoken to, been with uh, in the last week or two, the places that you've been, and then, you know, someone's out encouraging the people uh, to, uh, to, to, to take the task. So, um, you know, this is not rocket science, but it is a, a different way of how we approach dealing with a problem that could really impact um, uh, communities in a very negative way.
0: You know, it's great that we are in a position, like you said, to be able to take those phone calls for people that have been financially impacted and still trying to navigate that and maybe trying to identify jobs. And so you can call the Urban League, 713-393-8700. Again, that number is 713-393-8700. And even your suggestion about the contact tracing as it relates to the disease. And I feel like a lot of people don't understand the importance of that because we're still trying to understand everything that goes with this disease. We're learning something new about it every day. And I know that companies like Google and Apple are working to create an app that helps with the the contact tracing. But to your point, everybody does not have access to technology. And I think that is one of the other big systemic issues that's been peeled back as a result of something like coronavirus. Because even as, you know, at the Urban League, we're trying to service our clients, all of them may not have internet access. And if they do, they have limitations in terms of, you know, how much data do they have access to. Uh, And So we are thankful for those entities that have been able to provide some type of resource in that respect I've seen uh, some program that's come out recently for Comcast for those that qualify based on their income they can receive some type of internet access and or devices I think it's almost at little to no cost I don't think it was more than maybe like ten dollars a month Uh, and so definitely want people to look into things like that where it is available to them again based on income or how you've been impacted but I think the other thing you kept touching on was, you know, food and when we look at health disparities historically within the black community, uh, things that we call uh, Well, some people call the sugars or, or the pressure uh, comorbidities when you have multiple diseases that make you more susceptible to these types of things. And so it's important, like you said, to participate in the census, uh, as well as voting and Right now, we're trying to get people to complete the census. We have an election coming up, but I definitely wanted to help drive home the importance of our representation and how it's tied to those two things so that people do not take them for granted. Because I know it's difficult for people to get excited about politics, uh, especially when you look at how I've seen some of the responses to our presidential candidates and even now the field uh, basically being you know a choice of two either Donald Trump or Joe Biden. Uh, we are a nonpartisan organization, so we do not support either party or endorsed candidates, uh, but we are looking out for those candidates or elected officials that are working in the best interests of our community. Um, so I did want you to kind of speak to, again, the importance of elections and the census uh, as it relates to what we're going through and, you know, our uh, uncertain future.
1: Well, you know, um, today, um there are about 145, 46,000, I think, uh, folks that have been tested in Texas. And there are some 29 half million people that live in this state. So less than 0.5% have been tested. I look at our representative uh, Sheila Jackson Sheila um, has been on television almost every day, I'm sorry, Congressman, but has been on television almost every day to talk about the importance of testing and where the testing sites are. I've talked to Senator Boris Miles. I've, I know that uh, Rodney Ellis is, is pushing. Uh, I know that uh, Congressman Al Green has been, you know, physically involved, put himself at risk uh, getting food to people, helping to make sure that people have uh, PPE, you know, uh, those are kind of visual testaments to active representation uh, that we need to make sure that we understand. When people talk about representing me, uh, you know, we want someone who's, who's aggressive about making sure that uh, we are being heard. Uh, I don't know where we would be in terms of our testing in Houston, uh, had it not been for just the, the dogged, um, <clears throat> uh, fierce uh, aggressiveness of, uh, of our congressmen, you know. Uh, so you know, when you look at the fact that, you know, we've had um, some 18,000 cases here in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the Houston area and 440 some odd people have already passed. Um, you know, that, that doesn't have to be the case, but it takes aggressive uh, representation to get out there and make sure that you're fighting to make sure that there's test sites in places where they need to happen. Because again, going back to uh, poverty, the types of jobs I have, my morbidity, my healthcare situation, uh, the census, a lack of places for me to go that I can get to easily so that I can get the services that I need. Uh, all this stuff is tied together. And so we as black people in particular have to really make sure that we're paying close attention to who's representing us, who wants to represent us, the issues. The census is important. You know, you, you can't just say, oh, it's up to someone else. Voting is important. Oh, it doesn't matter, my vote doesn't matter. It's important. Uh, you know, getting tested is important because it means, again, that I now know that it's likely that my loved ones are in jeopardy or it's likely my loved ones are not in jeopardy because I know my status, right? So, you know, as, as we bring these podcasts uh, forward, uh, we, we want folks to really, you know, question things that, that perhaps we don't question as strongly as we have in the past. You know, uh, I was watching, uh, <clears throat> watching the news this morning. They were saying with the, the governor's new plan to kind of bring, you know, Texas back uh, and, and how we're talking about, you know, the sports um, uh, coming back to, 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 uh, to uh, the city and, and one of the first sports that will come back perhaps is going to be golf. And I thought about, well, who works at the golf clubs? How does that help our community, you know, re-engage in the economic system? No one really, right? But if you were to talk about uh, football or basketball or uh, maybe even baseball, you know, you've got the popcorn vendor, you've got the hot dog vendor, you got the person selling tickets at the at the window, you've got all the, you know, the commerce that is typical of, again, our hand-to-hand type jobs. So, You know, making sure that as we think about, you know, who comes back, uh, when they come back, that we think about those vulnerable populations who, again, were already on the margin, who are now being said, well, you got to wait behind the the golf industry. And then we'll get around to thinking about some of these other things where you might have had a job. Uh, So, so, you know, being creative and thoughtful about how do we make uh, these various um uh, industry safe again uh, for people who are the most vulnerable. I think that deserves as much time and energy and, and thought as, as anything else. Uh, we've got to find ways to make sure that people aren't spending their day, sitting in their cars, waiting to get to the front of the line uh, for food. That's, that's ridiculous in America, but that's just how close we are uh, to being in, in in bad situations. In, in our families because we don't have the education levels, we don't have the job levels that put us in a position where, you know, we're able to be okay for a month or two or three or four. We're we're in the immediate need of resources and services in the event something like this happens. And that's just a shame. It shouldn't be that way.
0: No, and you know, it's it's definitely been difficult for a lot of people, like you said, because One, nobody, well, I shouldn't say nobody. The only person I've seen, I think was Bill Gates, who did a TED Talk uh, in 2015, where he actually predicted something like this. Uh, But for the most part, a lot of people did not see this coming. And definitely, why you could, if you took these same symptoms and looked at, you know, how it would attack in the community, you could probably derive or determine that it would disproportionately affect Black people are just like you said, when we started out looking at the saying, you know, when white America catches the cold, black America catches the flu. We know when issues hit this country, typically black people are hit harder. And so the elections, we definitely want people to make sure they're paying attention as much as they can uh, in the midst of everything that is going on. Uh, I know we are currently working as a part of a coalition uh, with Houston in action with the NAACP other partners here in the Houston area, as well as nationally, as we look to do uh, different things on behalf of the community that we serve when it comes to the upcoming election. I saw that we were able to get approved here in the state of Texas, the ability to have mail-in ballots. Uh, but one of the concerns I know is, or that I've heard expressed is, you know, everybody is not uh, trusting that if their ballot is submitted through mail, that it will ultimately be counted. And I've even heard stories because this is, you know, before I was able to vote of in a time period where um, in the civil rights movement, white postal workers would actually dispose of ballots from mail-in ballots from black families. And so when you look at things like that, uh, that have the potential to happen for me, I think the next step that we have to take is looking at, you know, what fail safes are we putting in place to make sure that as we shift and make these adjustments, based on the pandemic, how are we protecting our voters, how are we protecting the election uh, to make sure that votes are counted uh, while still making sure that we get an
1: accurate count for the census because the impact of that we'll see for the next 10 years. Yeah, I mean, you really really can't put a, um, a price tag on the value of, of uh, civic engagement right now. Um, making sure, you know, the whole coronavirus thing has, has upset primaries, it's upset election dates, it's upset, you know, conventions and all, all types of things that are germane to a successful uh, civic uh, engagement of our nation. Uh, so we have got to be involved and engaged uh, in this process, our voices have to be heard. Uh, the point that you just made in reference to uh, ballots being uh, thrown out the back of the, of the mail truck—you know that's real. Uh, it, it, it has happened. It, it will likely, you know, happen again. Uh, but be that as it may, we must make sure that we are engaged in that discussion. So again, the, the purpose of the podcast is to uh, is to enlighten engage, inform, and give people good, good information. I encourage folks to go to the uh, National Urban League website at nul.org, to come to the Urban League's website at haul.org, to visit those other advocacy agencies, your, your Black Chambers, your uh, NAACPs, those others who, uh, who speak on behalf of, of our communities to make sure that we are getting trusted resources. Uh, trusted sources, I should say, about where we gather information to make good decisions Uh, and to get involved in these agencies. You know, make a donation, uh, join their organization, uh, become a part of an established organization, Uh, nothing against those who are new, but get involved with an organization that is moving on behalf of yourself, your family your community. Uh, These organizations have storied histories of doing this type of work. It's it's why I do this type of work. There's other things that many of us could could probably do in life, but the ability to serve one another and help to make decisions uh, on behalf of our communities based upon a good gathering of information and data uh, so that we can look back at history and try not to make the same mistakes or based upon that history you know, make good decisions. So um, I really appreciate uh, what you're doing as a, as a young man uh, involved in the movement to make a difference in the lives of other people. No, absolutely. And we definitely
0: want to uh, encourage people to continue to support entities like the Urban League. I think you referenced a lot of our other partners when you talk about the Black Chamber, the NAACP, lot of us that are working to be that voice for the communities that we serve to make sure that they are getting the resources that they need, but we also need to hear from you guys on a consistent basis so that we can continue to speak to the issues that are impacting you, continue to elevate your voices, and we will make you aware of in the coming weeks and months of how you can get even more engaged from a civic perspective.
1: also just one last time, encourage people to go and get tested. When they become a person that's tested, we can then know how to monitor the infection. And once we can monitor the the infection, we can have a plan to overcome it. But it takes all of us getting involved in the process. Good luck, and we'll see you next time on Empower. To learn more about how the Houston Area Urban League is impacting the community and ways you can get involved, visit us online at HAUL.org, Follow us on Twitter at H-O-U Urban League and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play or whichever podcasting platform you enjoy. Thanks for listening to Empower presented by the Houston Area Urban League.